Hey, Emily, what's up? Oh, nothing. I'm just bored. I'm thinking of going to the movies. The movies? Emily, we're in a video game. All the movies are soulless cash-outs. No, I mean something artsy, like a cinematic. Yeah, those can be pretty interesting and weird, but the acting is always so bad. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Now I kind of don't want to go out. Yeah, well. That's okay, though. We can stay here and listen to some tunes on the jukebox. Who's up for an impromptu dance party? I am. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily. And I'm Josh. Each week, we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons, and we also read your testimonials. And sometimes, one of us can't breathe through their nose. <laughs> I was going to say, and sometimes I catch Josh's cold through the internet. Yeah. If you remember how bad I sounded last week, you get a different side of sounding bad this week uh, with Emily's cold. Yeah. We yeah. had to balance it out, you know? Well, it's like, so, it like Women's Day and everything, so... Have so, to make sure you got a cold, too, you know? Oh, yeah, for equality's sake, sure. Yeah. yeah. Although this is different than what you had, apparently, but well, it, might it be, mu mutated. It actually might totally be the same. Uh, it's uh -huh. amazing. Uh, we do all live in one nation under a flu. <laughs> under Gundam. <laughs> Indivisible. Okay, first track we've got is coming to us from the Dyad. The game is Zillion. This is the main theme, also called Pure Stone. It's a Sega Master System track. Uh, we don't know the composer just yet, but let's listen to it. Dyad writes, 
Zillion is a game based on an anime of the same name. This is an 8-bit cover of the TV theme song used in the SMS adaptation of the series. I think I actually prefer the SMS version. For whatever reason, to me, it feels like it has more heart. Well, it definitely does. And you know the other Zillion song that's also kind of famous in VGM communities, uh, the Overworld or Underworld theme? Uh, that's also a cover, so that's what makes finding the composer on this a challenge because uh, I think the name that you usually see listed for these songs is the person who worked at uh, Sega and not mm -hmm. the actual um, person who wrote the music on the on the cartoon. Right. Um, Interesting. This is a beautiful this is a beautiful song though and yeah, Sega Master System does have heart and that's why. This is a part of the blood drive. The dyad, um, the dyad wanted to donate some of that Sega Master System blood uh, yeah. for health reasons. Do you feel it kind of uh, creeping into your veins yet? A little bit. You know, I think energy? that I think that the dyad actually donated Sega Master System platelets. Oh wow! I think that he uh, he really found some of the best of the best. Mm. And, and gave us a lot to choose from. This is a really great song. This song reminds me of the title theme to Tecmo Bowl for the NES, which is one of my favorite VGM tracks of all time. Mm. Uh, towards the end, when it's going through the last chorus, it just gets so... I don't really have a word for it. Yearning, pining, yeah. hopeful, something. Um has heart, yeah. It's yeah. The, the essence of having heart is having hope in spite of uh, the odds, you know? And, right. Uh, if a song can convey that yearning while conveying a, a sense of movement and motion, it does feel like you're kind of overcoming something a little bit. Yeah, this part. I don't know if you're at it. I think I am. It's the high part. It goes, the melody goes higher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This part is so good. Yeah. I was telling Josh over the break that I think I'm, I'm falling in love with the Sega Master System. Well, I like a lot of the stuff that we've listened to, but I think now I have... I think maybe I have our podcast associated with it, because I have no other Master System experience. Oh. Oh my gosh. So. You know what? Hmm? I think you would like having a Sega Master System. Oh yeah? Why? I mean, it's like a old robot, you know? <laughs> you have an NES or something, right? You have yeah. A, you like a NES and you like a Sega Genesis. I yeah, think you'll I like a Master those. System. I think, I, think it, I think it's the one you'll want to hug the most, maybe. <laughs> it's... Well, the Japanese version is cute. I think that the North American version looks a little edgy in a way that gives me cognitive dissonance with the system itself. It's oh. black and red and stuff, right? Yeah, so is the Genesis, though. Yeah, but that the Genesis was... The Genesis personality fits that. The SMS is so adorable, and then it's all black and red and edgy, no, and I get confused. You are, you are killing people most of the time in Sega games. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's that. still edgy. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, just imagine playing 
Uh, oh my gosh, this sounds like a lot of fun. I get to play, um, you know, uh, Space Harrier on the Wii console, on the, the, uh, the Sega Master System version on the, uh, what's it called? The virtual console? Yeah, virtual console. And I get to play it at my local arcade. Those are two mm. swell ways to enjoy Space Harrier. But to play Space Harrier on an actual Sega Master System, oh man. Actually, you wouldn't like that game. Apparently, you said you don't like games like that, right? I just have trouble understanding visually what's going on. It's, I bet I just need practice, It's you know? very representational and abstract because there just wasn't enough power to show where everything is. So mm -hmm. it, like, forces you... To use your imagination in this way that I, I guess I'm just used to for doing it for so many hours, you know. Right. No, I mean, it's definitely, it's one of the retro consoles I don't have. And uh, maybe it's time to branch out, you know. Zillion sucks, though. That game? This game? This game Not th good? No, man. It's... Oh, but the music is so good. It is, but... You know what's crazy about Zillion? I, I talked about this uh, before, but <clears throat> with Zillion, um, there's this beautiful song. Not this one. This one's also beautiful, but um, you won't hear this during most of gameplay. But, you know, the Zillion song is very beautiful, but you're in the gameplay, you're actually supposed to be always, like, putting codes into these computers. And every time you go to a computer... The music stops, and there's like five, oh. and there's like five computers per board or something. Sometimes, so you're just uh. going, you're hearing the beginning of the song, walking two steps, stopping the song, putting in some stupid code. Hear the beginning of the song, walk four steps, put in some code. It's the worst. This game stinks, dude. <laughs> so is this just w just with the way the music flows? It accentuates how much the game actually isn't that good because the. It's kind of like a elevator action shooter, without uh -huh. the elevator. Um, Just but I the think action. I think there's like a ladder actually. There's a ladder system going on. It's like ladder action, but just the way that, <laughs> just the way that you're like a guy with a gun, but there's no joy in having that gun. <laughs> it's like you get one bullet per every three seconds or something like that. You know. So is is that perhaps one of the VGM tunes that you learned to hate because of the way it was uh, used in the game? We were talking about that last episode, I think, or the episode before. I think you could easily learn to hate the first couple seconds of that tune because it's just mm. because it's all you hear. Though actually, and if you watch the playthrough on YouTube or something like that, you do eventually get to hear the whole song because you have programmed all the computers and you have to run back towards the beginning of the game oh that's kind of cool yeah so that's your reward Shh, yes musically you finally get to hear we're always this. angling for the musical rewards the, here. there's a definite music reward i'll say that mm -hmm. well that was a nice tune and yes i do think the sega master system sings better than whoever was uh, vocalizing that anime song too. But this next track was recommended by Mega Matt. It's from Earthbound. 
This track is called a bla a bad dream. A bad dream. It's uh, composed by Keiichi Suzuki and or Hirokazu Tanaka, and it's for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Mega Matt writes, I don't want to assume anything about your political affiliations, but for me, election night was one of the sadder and more frightening times of my life, and I lived through Time Lord. Here's hoping that this was all just a bad dream. Puts on CSI Miami glasses. Yeah! P.S. <laughs> Is it just me, or does this track sound a little bit like Bill Withers' Lovely Day at Times. Um, I could see... I haven't heard the, uh, the melody actually appear, but I can... I think I can see what he's talking about sometimes. With that. Um, yeah, th that was a long time ago, election night, and, uh, now... Our president has taken office, Time Lord himself is now in the White House. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'll just say this about all that. It's been an entertaining presidency. And um, there's actually this pretty funny cracked.com sketch that they do weekly now. It's called After the Trump. And what they do is they talk about uh, politics as if they had just watched some crazy show. It was like, oh yeah, it's it's sort of like Game of Thrones, except it's like way crazier, but you know, that's what makes it good. You know, they're kind of like that. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing commentary. And also, mm. you know, in general, uh, comedy, I think, has um, gravitated towards commenting on the presidency, which is always uh, entertaining. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, he wants you to associate this song with Election Night 2017, Mega Matt does. Maybe. <laughs> Can you see it? I'm just being lulled to sleep by it. 
Mm. I like it. I'm interested that it's called a bad dream because it sounds pretty good to me. There's a little hint of ominousness. Yeah. But otherwise, I think it's really beautiful. It's very warm. Yeah. The synthiness is very thick. That bass is really strong, which I think is fantastic. So I'm wondering, so we didn't know that you uh, could accept Sega Master System blood. It turns out you might be like a universal um, recipient. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Uh, well, I think maybe what's going on there is my blood type is definitely Sega Genesis. Oh, you think so? But I, okay. but I think Sega Genesis blood types can accept donations from Sega Master System. Oh, okay. Donors. What about Super Nintendo? Oh, not so much Super Nintendo, huh? Not so much Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. TurboGrafx-16, sometimes. I see. Like I think it de it depends on like the plus or the minus. Yeah, like half the Turbo Graphics 16 tracks, right? Uh, uh, provide your cells with iron and uh, oxygen. Something like that. Mm -hmm. I think we're we're fixated on my health right now because I've podcasted from the floor before, but this is the first time that I took turned the video on, and I did this <laughs> so that I could show Josh. The Gundam that I finally put together, this is the Gundam that we bought when we were hanging out together in Southern California at the fabled Gundam store. Um, it's called but I'm just Jungle. Jungle. Yeah. But I'm just uh, kind of curled up on the floor here with a blanket, like Josh had suggested last episode, and he wasn't feeling well. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm not able to pull that off because my computer's on top of a desk. So, mm. and I, I just don't have headphones that reach all the way down here. Yeah, I just moved my, mine's a laptop, so I just moved it down to the floor. I, I, did Megamat say he l actually lived through Time Lord? Does that mean he beat Time Lord? Megamat, did you oh beat my Time gosh. Lord? <laughs> Megamat, we need clarification on that. Because I think that's a degree in itself, right? Someone, yeah, someone just... So, I'm sure all of our patrons are aware of the storied history that the Legacy Music Hour has with the game Time Lord. But someone just recently posted on their Facebook page their own experience with Time Lord. They were so excited that they'd gotten past, I think, level three... Oh, yeah. And they got up to a boss in level four, and they wrote this <laughs> really hilarious thing about how they they were so determined to beat it, and then they looked it up, and the final boss of stage four takes like a hundred thousand hits to beat, and they ended their discussion with, "I stopped playing Time Lord." <laughs> Damn. A part of me feels like that can't be possible, but I'm gonna take this user at their word. It's a lot of hits. 100,000? It was some big, big number like that. I felt I, like... I'm not... I felt like that recently. I was playing this certain boss in... Um, what's that game? Uh, the one where you have to fight your own frog, but you have a tank. What am I talking about? Blaster Master? Yeah, Blaster Master. I was fighting my frog in Blaster Master, I think. It had mutated, or it was a big frog... Mm -hmm. And I figured out its pattern. The pattern was pretty simple to get to, but I had to 
hit it uh, so many times that my hand just got tired. And fortunately, because um, I'm playing on the Nintendo Wii, I could just like basically pause the game forever. Like you, right. you wouldn't do that with a Nintendo. With a Nintendo, you're not gonna be like, "Oh, I'll get to that next month." I'll just leave, right. leave the system on. You know, maybe whatever. overnight, but maybe that's overnight. Yeah. Apparently, Brent Weinbach was able to keep uh, Ghosts and Goblins running for a couple weeks or something like that as he <laughs> beat it. That's awesome. <laughs> but that that Nintendo Entertainment System must be pristine to mm. be able to not glitch out after that long period of time. I think mine can handle that, but I think the danger of leaving your game paused is not so much the system glitching out, but little tiny fluctuations in power causing it to stop and freeze or someone accidentally kicking it. Just, that kind of thing. Yeah, just bumping into the edge of the table that, or the edge of the console that the NES is in could yeah. cause it. NES was, I think, come on, I can't, I can't believe that system did so well uh, considering how it, um, how temperamental it was. Mm. I think it's the most temperamental system of all time. Definitely, well, the North, the North American, or the, I don't remember, the Super Famicom was a top loader. We no, got no, this regular, toaster you thing. You mean family computer? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. The Famicom. Yeah. Was a top loader. I had and that that's, one. No problems with it. Yeah. And that yeah, much more reliable. We got this toaster thing with, with inflated cartridge sizes for no reason, and I think that that's where a lot of our troubles stem from. There's something I was gonna say about this though, not about the NES. Something a little while ago. But no, I can't remember. Other things were big, but I think NES has got to take the cake for just being kind of the most iconic home console. Mm -hmm. The one that really brought the home console to the mainstream in a certain way. Atari did. Yes, that's like, true. But like, Nintendo made you feel like this could really happen. Yeah. But, my gosh, the amount of time I spent with friends just like blowing on cartridges which i guess you're not supposed to do but no some, you're not sometimes it's the only thing that would work short term it works long term it's more damaging to the contacts oh i know what i was gonna say mm. i have played one or two games on a sega Master system once uh -huh. one of which was time soldiers okay which in the arcade involves two joysticks so you can aim your gun with one joystick and then manipulate your character through space with the other. Oh, right. On the actual Sega Master System, since you don't have two joysticks, the direction you move in the D-pad, uh, the direction your character moves is also the di direction in which they shoot, which makes for a really awkward gameplay experience, but I got up to one of the bosses. I was playing with a friend and I uh, got up to one of the bosses solo and I couldn't even tell. It looked kind of like the Blaster Master situation with a, just an enemy in black space just there. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even tell if I was hitting it. And so I couldn't tell if it was t taking eight million little bullets or if only one out of every 10,000 was even registering a hit. 
that was frustrating. And it, it didn't really change color or make any noise that I can remember. So mm. I was just kind of blindly hacking at it. That's what your Blaster Master story made me think of. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those old games. No internet back then, too. Mm. So you're like, am I the first person to get to this level? <laughs> In the world? In the world? Especially if you have a Sega Master System, because nobody at school has. They all got Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I apologize if I seem to somewhat randomly jump around conversationally or continue a previous topic as if it just happened when really it was 10 minutes ago because Emily just I'm having trouble holding on to the thread of my own reality Emily that is the nature of podcasts okay (laughs) they're supposed you're gonna say Emily this is what we've been doing for about two years I I believe that I believe that to be (laughs) true because I believe that we are a podcast I believe it with all of my heart. Just like I believe that this next track might be pretty good. Emily, would you like to introduce it? Sure thing. This one is a Super Famicom track. The composer is Toshihiko Sahashi, recommended by JT, or Jungle Tomato as he's going by today. The game is Akazukin Chacha. And the track is House of Particular Interest. It's a very intriguing title. Here we go. Tomato writes, Hi Emily and Josh. I love many things about your podcast, aw, but one of the things I most appreciate about it is that you and the patrons so often get me to listen to things I wouldn't normally think to listen to. Just to name a few, I now consider smooth golf to be a valid musical genre thanks to Josh, and patron regular Nathan Daniels has gotten me to drink long tall glasses of Fanky Tang. One of the biggest musical surprises for me, however, is that this show has led me to a realization that I love cute music. Emily often describes things as cute, and as far back as the third episode when Josh picked a Sanrio Carnival track, I have found this new fascination with all things adorable. Normally, I listen to music games with words like industrial or hardcore or metal in the label. So this whole cuteness thing is a bit of branching out for me. I want to return some of the cuteness love with this pick from a Japanese-only game called Akazukin Chacha. 
This track has a whimsical playfulness to it that just exudes plucky cuteness and charm. It's nothing I would have listened to before your show, but now it's in my headphones and I'm whistling along. Thanks, VGMJB. Yeah. Thanks, Good JP. whistling song, it's actually. It's a total whistler. Yeah. The song is cool. Wait, what is uh, what does he mean by Fanky Tang? Uh, Utopia Nemo, a.k.a. Nathan Daniels, recommended a bunch of tracks from that Uno game. You mean Uno? Uh, Uno, no. It was something something Uno, oh, the girl okay. at the edge of love on the something. Oh, okay. And we talked about it. Uh, it's, it's a kind of time travel adult game where you can actually transport yourself to the places you're sideways nostalgic for, if we're going to use the terminology of our own podcast, but he recommended a couple tracks from that. Um, I think it was a PC-88 game. It was one of those Japanese computers, but a lot of our patrons really got into it because it's a great soundtrack, and it's, and it's not it's well-known. Wait, why is it called Fanky Tang, though? That's the name of one of the tracks. Oh, the okay. Alright, cool. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds it's like true. I do love, Tang. I do love cute music. Um, I like heavy music too. I like, and I actually like it when like a song can be both heavy and cute at the same time. Mm. Not so necessarily juxtaposed as uh, like baby metal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think like uh, some of the grunge music in the '90s was kind of cute and heavy at the same time. I'm thinking um, Smashing Pumpkins, maybe, sometimes, and uh, Weezer, and uh, maybe Stone Temple Pilots, I don't know. But um, another thing I want to say is, if you like cute music, you've got to check out Pixel Tunes Radio, episode 81. It's called Free Pix Monogatari. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to it the other day, and uh, it's filled to the brim with cute tracks. I was having mm-hmm. the time of my life listening to that one. It's cute, and th- and there's a really funny track too. Is that the last one? I don't think with all the scat singing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was shoveling while I was listening to that episode, and I was laughing so hard at that last track. It em- so it's good. called Emphasis on Scat. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a funny track. Do you think of the two of us that you are the one who's more invested in the essence of cute? Oh, um, musically, yes. I would say Mm -hmm. as far as music is concerned. Other things, I have no idea. Hmm. I would agree with you. I think you're the connoisseur of cute. (laughs) Yes. Music. Hey, but... It's not just, it can't just be pure cute, otherwise, uh, you know, it'll get cloying. I don't really like cloying things, but if something can be kind of cute and kind of, uh, first of all, maybe have a little bit of self-awareness about how cute it's being, Mm. or have a little bit of a groove to it, you know, a little, a little funkiness to it. Then, uh, mm-hmm. then I'll really like it, yeah. Um, elevator music Speaking. can be kind of cute, too, sometimes. And uh, 
before, before you say anything, that one game is full of super cute tracks, and I love it so much. I learned about it from the Legacy Music Hour. It is called... Wagyan Paradise. That's a cute... Oh, that's yeah. That's a cute soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I was on my way... Driving to something I didn't want to be going to recently, and uh, I put on the Emoji Piton song for, like, the entire car ride to this engagement. Oh, yeah. Yeah? And that was the song from the Bubble Bobble Challenge that sound that you described the woman sounding like she was singing to herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That she was just sort of relaxed and chill about singing. And, uh, kind of got me in a good place. I like that track a lot. I don't know if that's self-aware cuteness, or if that's less self-aware cuteness, or if that's it's less um, self-conscious cuteness. I've got a little bit of a story to tell. Okay. Um, you know, if anybody's listening to this podcast, they probably know I'm not the best when it comes to keeping up with video games or even really knowing a whole lot about video game music in general, you know. But I do try to make the playlists that we get every week um, from our patrons, I do try to make them a part of my life, you know. So for whatever that's worth, um, the numbers of our episodes kind of can can mean more to me than any particular soundtrack or any particular composer because I like to listen to stuff on repeat as if it's an album. It's just the way I like to listen to things, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was I was doing this the uh, the other time and it was this it was actually not the bubble bobble challenge that um, but I was listening to the track that that inspired the Puzzle Bubble soundtrack. Katamari Damacy. Oh yeah, Uh, Lonely Rolling Star. Lonely Rolling Star. Anyways, what I was doing was I was listening to Jukebox 47, the playlist, and um, what happened was I was playing Pokemon Go, and I was like, I caught some cool ass, some cool stuff. Some cool as crap stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I was just kind of like looking at my whole roster and that Katamari Damacy sound, uh, soundtrack song came up, Lonely Star, and I realized I was like in love with all of my Pokemon. <laughs> I realized that I was in, I was dating my, my Pokemon this whole time and we were yeah. having a great time together and that I loved them. It was very weird and, uh, but yeah, cute music can do that. And then the funny thing is, at the end of Jukebox 47, it's a Haju track, I believe. Uh, it's a track from Power Blade 2. And it's kind of in mm-hmm. stark contrast to a cute song. Um, it's, it's like, we're getting back into business now. It's like, life is actually kind of sad and you gotta work hard for everything. But you know, mm. that's, what, that's what it's really all about. And I just had this weird sensation of one of our playlists kind of coming to life in my life. By the way, dear patron, if 
Like I said before, if you want any of the songs that we play on the show, just Facebook me. I can very easily drop MP3s through Facebook. Yeah. So and then you can that. have this experience of falling in love with your Pokemon. Yeah, and then realizing that it's actually a grind, a daily grind. <laughs> um, but yeah. Also, that's another reason I really liked uh, doing our um, our pledge drive was because I think we gave people a chance to enjoy the playlists, which are great. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's way too much work for us to always be doing that on the YouTube, I think. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up and apologize. I just can't keep up with it. Every couple of months I try to get it all done, but it just we just churn these things out so fast, and there's so much music, it's just very difficult I would, to keep it. I would actually say date. that like it was admirable of you to try, but it wasn't even really fun to listen to it on YouTube because of just the way YouTube cycles through a playlist right it's like there might be an ad in the middle and then the volume right. might yeah, change drastically it just doesn't have this like album feel you know or anything yeah but uh yeah if anybody wants any of these mp3s or maybe even if you want all the mp3s from a specific episode i can definitely get them to you i mean they won't be like volume checked but you know All right, this next track, recommended by Utopia Nemo. It's from the game Ninja Gaiden, but on the Sega Master System. It's stage two, and it was composed by somebody who called themselves Fumi at the time. Let's take a listen. Quest, more Sega Master System goodness. Thank you, Utopia Nemo. Thanks for doing your part. Yep. We need for all the, the help we can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song is... It's, like, pretty repetitive. You start thinking, like, is this annoying or is this good? But then right when you... You kind of, kind of got to get into it, and then when that uh, chorus section or bridge section or whatever hits, it's um, it's like that much more satisfying because you were kind of like waiting so long for something to happen, you know. Mm, I agree with that. 
I thought Ninja Gaiden was a Nintendo property. No, it's um Konami or something. Okay, okay. Oh no, I think it's Taito. Actually, let me check this out. Thank you. Josh is doing all the research. Actually, patrons, Josh did everything this week because I could not do anything. So he put the whole script together. Oh. He did everything that needed to get done. All right, all right. Everybody can stop yelling at me right now. I know. Why, why are we yelling at you? Because it is... We're celebrating because you. Because it is neither Konami nor Taito. Oh. It is Tecmo. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's okay. Sorry, everybody. I wouldn't I wouldn't have even had a, a proper guess. I am not well-versed in the publishers or developers of video games. That's my big knowledge Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. It's some people's like specialty to be able to tell mm. these stories of, uh, of corporations and what they're going through. I think that's very cool when people can do that. Yeah, it is. Pixelated audio is pretty good with that. And I think there's mm -hmm. another podcast that does that too. I don't remember. Never mind. But pixelated audio is definitely good with uh, giving you an overview of the situation at hand. Speaking of Absolutely. that, I guess, just letting you know, dear patron, it's coming. Capcom Girls Episode 1 is coming. Uh, I finished the first draft. It's a lot of imagination, um, but also combined with historical information and what we know that uh, the, the Capcom girls were up to at that specific period of time, maybe fudging a little bit, you know? Um, but I did make sure when I wrote the Capcom girls script that everything that they were saying they had already done had been done, and everything they said they were doing was about to be done. Oh, that's if awesome. that makes sense, yeah. That does make sense, yeah. So you accurately reflected the chronology of their discography. Yeah, at least that much, because everything else is a lie. I don't know anything <laughs> about their personalities or what, how they were living or what they did after work, but I tried to just make the chronology of what they were doing accurate. It's uh, placed in early fall of 1986, just FYI. I'm excited about this. Josh was very excited. When he, when he locked in the first draft, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he felt like he had a breakthrough. Yeah, I did. He says, Keyglyph, I did it. Keyglyph. I had to call you by your formal name. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Or is that more personal? I don't know. Yeah. Is it, it the moniker or the real name? It's always interesting to me. It's more which fun to type. Choose. <laughs> right. Yeah, when I'm like typing to you and I want to say your name, it's more fun to type out the word Keyglyph than Emily. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, look forward to it, patrons. We just have to figure out the voice actor situation. If we can leak some information, I will be a voice. I bet no one saw that one coming. But we don't know which Capcom girl I'm going to be. 
so we have yet to discover the, that remains to be to seen casting Keyglyph has been cast for Capcom Girls. Yeah. By but the, the character way. is of yet unknown. Yeah. What were you going to say? I mean, we might as well hire a casting uh, director, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. You might even win an Oscar, so... <laughs> Actually, you can't win an Oscar for a radio drama anymore, can you? Could you ever? What, I have no idea. What can you win for a radio drama? <laughs> That's a great question. Maybe that... Wouldn't that be really funny if we won an Emmy for one of our intros or something? <laughs> like, and the award goes to... Sentimental and San Gabriel and Keyglyph for the Pixel Perfect Jump. <laughs> what is... Yes, that would be great. <laughs> what a world to live in. I wonder if there are podcast awards. I feel like that's a thing that has to exist, right? I happen to Someone know... Someone somewhere is doing their own little indie podcast award show. I happen to know there are podcast awards, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot what they're called, though. What kind of categories do they go in for? I don't know. Probably Radiolab just wins everything. <laughs> oh, <imagine>. yeah. <laughs> Hey, give us uh, give us another year. We'll break in. Okay. Speaking of breaking in, maybe breaking out into our next track. <laughs> Recommended to us from Kenny. Sure you, Kenny. The game is Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball. The track is Division 3 game. The composer is unknown. This is a Super Nintendo track. Track. Here we go. Kenny says, I recently bought this game in a fit of nostalgia, mostly on the strength of this song. I'm not saying it's the best in the world, but it's definitely one that stuck with me through the years. My main memories of this game is my brother, 
who is big into basketball, playing through the league play on this game. This is coming to me in the mail as I type, so I'm looking forward to digging in. Kenny, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because I can kind of relate, you know, like you might have a brother who's kind of more into sports than video games, and then all of a sudden you catch him getting into a sports video game and he's kind of like hanging out in your room more often and he's kind of like, like has the save file, you know? That's yeah. like kind of cute, you know? Yeah. This um, song definitely makes me feel nostalgic. More mm. than any other feeling, I feel nostalgia when I listen to this track. The beginning is cool though, it has like that, um, uh, that Baba O'Reilly sound or something. Yeah, that's a really great way of putting it actually. It's a really great way of describing it. Yeah, it's my favorite part as well. I mean, I think there was a time when stuff like that had a little bit more of a stigma because it's like, oh, you couldn't have done that on a real instrument, so you obviously just used a computer or whatever. But now that basically we realize that everything's on a computer, it's more—it's kind of impressive to hear these early examples of the way people could like manipulate programming to create like a like a new sound, you know what I mean? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially considering in a situation like this, you're not just hitting a patch on a keyboard and holding down one key and having it automatically do its algorithm. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to program this in and test it and see if it sounded good. They may not have been aiming for this kind of sound, but they hit on it. My point is it just wasn't a simple button press. Yeah. I like when people buy video games because of the music. The games that I've bought recently because of the soundtracks feel so much more personal to me than games that I buy because I want to just experience them because they're classics, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of love tied to the music for me, so even if it's kind of unfair or not the best game, if I have some real attachment to the music for one reason or another, I just feel very strongly bonded with the game, whatever it may be. It's kind of how I feel about that Sega Master System track we listened to earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may or may not be falling asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's keep the energy up. Keep it. Keep it no. Alive. Well, keep it speaking alive. of keeping energy up, this is definitely an, an energetic one. No, I'm just, I'm just so tired. It's not that I'm falling asleep. It's that I'm sinking into that very warm, comfortable, pillowy limbo state that you get in before you actually fall asleep and you start thinking really strange thoughts. Oh no, okay, okay. You know yes, what I'm talking yes, about? I know that, I know that feeling. <laughs> and then you realize, wait, what I'm thinking about doesn't even make any sense, but as soon as you realize that and then get out of that limbo state, you can't even remember what you were thinking about while you were in there because it literally 
makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. Yeah, your brain was becoming a gel or something like that. And <laughs> connections were just randomly being made between different parts of your brain. Exactly. Oh, let's talk about the fact that this is another um, licensed sports player game that involves fighting and a sport. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess this so. This is related to Lee Trevino's fighting golf, perhaps? Yeah, good point. Combat basketball? Were there a whole bunch of these? Was there a whole lineage of games that were famous sports person, some kind of offensive attack word, yeah. and then sport? Yeah, like Michael Jordan's uppercut basketball. <laughs> or uh... Right, exactly. Fernando Valenzuela's left cross baseball. <laughs> like, uh, trying to think of a good one with some some sports people who are more out there, like Michelle Kwan's <laughs> battle ice skating. <laughs> Michelle Kwan actually walked into the middle of a firestorm. And, uh, Recently? Oh, no, 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 actually she didn't. I'm thinking of something totally different. My bad. You know what's hilarious is Michelle Kwan is Chinese, and I was confusing her with Christy Yamaguchi, who is Japanese. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm the Asian guy, and I yeah. just did that right now. It happens. You'll have to excuse me. This presidency is really taking a toll on me. <laughs> you were hearing what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Um... Michelle, <laughs> would you play battle ice skating? I feel yeah. like that would be too um, gory. Well, for Emily, the reason I thought of Christy Yamaguchi, I think, when you said that, is because the act of violence and ice skating. Uh, you know, there was a big story in the early '90s, I believe, about that. If you don't recall, are you talking about Tanya Harding being attacked? Yeah. What if it was called? Tanya Harding attack Tanya Harding attack ice skating or something. Well she no she was the one who actually got hit, right? Patrons, no, if you're no, not no. aware of she's this. She's not the one who got hit. She who was the one who got hit? There was this whole this whole scandal of a an ice skater hiring someone to walk up to another ice skater and whack her on the knee during a competition so that she could not... No, it's not during a competition. That would be way too obvious. But I thought it was. I thought that no, they were... Was... That she was in the stands. She Am I not remembering this because I was too young? She, she attacked her. Oh, no. She had somebody attack her yeah. during a practice. Oh, it was a practice? Yeah, okay. yeah. It was Nancy... I remember that it was in a rink. And I remember well, yeah. seeing her crying about it. Nancy Kerrigan was like getting off of the it was getting out of practice and then like this is a crazy story it's from it really it is. is from 1994 but imagine like having the most valuable knees on the planet and then somebody yeah. comes out of nowhere and tries to take them out right I mean, that's not funny it's just the way you put it yeah no that was incredible that's the kind of thing that you see in you know world championship wrestling or the yeah. World Wrestling Federation. I couldn't believe that that was real, that that really happened. Yeah. 
If you watch the Nancy Kerrigan and uh, Tanya Harding documentary, there is some relationship between uh, her absence and uh, Christy Yamaguchi kind of being able to dominate at a certain event. Anyways. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize you knew so much about ice skating. It's the best. You learn something new every day. Ice skating is the best. There's something... And battle, battle ice skating There's a cup. better. I just want to say this about the Olympics in general. I miss the old days when a bunch of any channel could be playing the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a shame that people can like buy the whole the rights to a sport or an event like that. Yeah. So lame because just people everybody gets less. Yeah. You know, I guess that corporation makes its money back, but everybody else loses. You know, it's lame. Anyways. To uh, to tie that all together real quick, that was something that was kind of exciting about being in Las Vegas, where I also saw you. Uh, that was during the Summer Olympics, and we don't have cable or any kind of provider here at home. And so being in hotels and being able to watch the Olympics was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Did you... What did you watch? I was watching swimming, and I was watching kayaking. I think it was kayaking. I feel like it's got a different name sometimes. It's not skeleton. No, skeleton is the bobsledding that's like you're completely exposed and you're just on a little. Oh, I I know, I know what you're talking about. It's called um, body slam kayaking. (laughs) Yes, yes. I think it's called elbow drop kayak (laughs) for the SNES. All right. (laughs) Speaking of things that rule. On the Super Nintendo. This next track is from Super Black Bass 3. More sports. More sports. I don't really know what the name of this track is called. Just find the soundtrack somewhere because the whole thing is great. Um, Keyglyph and I, we had a little trouble of actually coordinating which track I wanted to play. But the track that I ended up getting in my mailbox, I like more than the track that I tried to try to get from her so anyways let's just listen to this one um it was composed by tsukushi sasaki and michia hirasawa for the super nintendo
Oh, come on. Forget about it. This song is cute. This song will uh, shrink your heart into a tiny little piece of candy, put it into its mouth, and then it'll burp up a tiny little pink cloud. In the shape of a heart. In the shape of a heart. And, uh, you know, you can just live the rest of your life breathing that little cloud. That'll be your oxygen from here on out. I gotta say I'm surprised to hear such a cute track coming from Pile Driver Super Black Bass 3. <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah. Um, this is a good one. Yeah. I'm trying not to succumb to the giggles. I'm still laughing about that <laughs> no, <laughs> elbow no. drop comment. <laughs> no, right now I'm thinking of a uh, super black bass three. Like you catch a bigger fish than the uh, guy right before you, and he is Hagar, and he just grabs you, <laughs> sp spins you in the air, <laughs> Zangiefs you into the boat. The boat cracks in half. <laughs> And then it's a With swimming. this track playing in the background? Yeah. And then or it's... no, or does this, this track starts right as the pieces of the boat start sinking into the water, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and then the level is actually about you trying to avoid little pieces of the wood as you swim through to the uh, shore. <laughs> For some reason, I'm thinking about trebuchets and, like, launching black bass with trebuchets as a video game. I don't know where that's coming from. Wait, what? Like, trebuchet, Super Black Bass 4. Maybe that's the fourth installment. Wait, trebuchet, trebuchet, yeah, trebuchet. Trebuchet is like a catapult, but it's a different uh, physical function. Uh-huh. So a catapult is just like, it has the one point of bending where it just goes like straight out like that. But a trebuchet actually has a weight on the bottom, and it sort of swings and uses momentum to launch things. Okay. It's a more advanced version of the same war weapon. So what, you, what you're saying is you are falling asleep. You, <laughs> Maybe. Different parts of your brain <laughs> are just randomly connecting themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. trebuchets, black bass. I don't know. I really like that you used Zangief as a verb. He, zang <laughs> he Zangiefs you. <laughs> yep. So, um, did you say you were thinking about doing a karaoke to this? Or that it sounded like it should be? No, I mean, I actually don't remember this track. It was mm. the one that I was trying to get you to find, but you couldn't right. find it. And it's fine. That other track is good, too. Maybe I'll play it on the, in the future. That one sounds more like a Carpenter's track clone, I might even say, where this one sounds mm. a little bit more original to me. You know, it doesn't sound... Although it does... You know what? I do Not think... Not as derivative. Well, I kind of think it might be equally derivative, because now that I think about this... Doo-doo-doo! Uh, <laughs> that... Well, watch, this part's coming up for me right now. Do 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 
I'm, I feel like that's from something. It is, and yeah. I can't think of what it is. Um, the other one sounds more like it has, shares a, the rhythm section with uh, Why Do Birds. Is that what that's on? No, Close to You. Is that what Close that to called? You. Yeah. Well, I think this would be an interesting karaoke candidate because a little distance into the loop, uh-huh. you've got that main melody that's still going, but then you have those high kind of percussive bells going on, and it almost yeah. sounds like you would need two different people singing two completely different lyrical lines. And I think that that's interesting. Like, they both sound like they should be people singing words. And I'm just trying to figure out how those words would go together. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? First two patrons who email us with this request, we'll hook you guys up. You guys can sing a duet together, maybe on this track. We'll play it. Just let us know. Well, hey, speaking of that, Mm -hmm. we do have something special today. Ooh la la. Yeah. We have a patron-submitted VGM karaoke. And this is a very special one, because I don't even remember which episode I originally mentioned this in. But I had said that I had lyrics written to a Thunder Force 3 track for years, and I just never recorded it because I felt like I needed a different voice. I just didn't feel like my voice could do justice for it, and I really wanted, you know, some kind of kind of overdriven yelling boy power <laughs> behind it. Yeah. And we had said, you know, if anybody's interested, I can we can send the lyrics and you can do a recording and we can play it on the show. So lo and behold, I don't know, maybe a year later, someone has taken us up on this offer. So we actually have a karaoke from Shy Guy. Wow. That is this the product of time travel, do you think? Yeah, it's something like that. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, so so Shy Guy volunteered to do this. I sent him my lyrics. He changed them a little bit to fit better with how he kind of envisioned the track. And I think it's it's pretty awesome. I love that it became a, a collaborative thing instead of just a straight up, oh, I'm going to sing Heathcliff's words, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So um, this is a track from Thunder Force 3. The, um, the track is Venus Fire, I think. Let me double tra- check that real quick. Pretty sure it's Venus Fire. Yes. And the music is by Toshiharu Yamanishi. So um, let's let Shy Guy uh, take the stage and do up this karaoke. All right, Shy Guy, it's all you. You ready, Gene? I'm ready, Shelly. This one goes out to anyone who's ever had to save humanity from a deranged robot AI living inside an enormous biocomputer using nothing but a small but maneuverable fighter craft. Loaded for bear with twin lasers, rockets, shields, and two revolving drones that have exactly the same weapons that you do. Blasting <laughs> off, we're flying through outer space, blowing stuff up, dodging rocket blasts to the base. This is how we'll save the whole human race. Here we go, through water, fire, and snow. Check it out, we found the enemy base. <laughs> Lucky they left shields all over the place. 
Watch us now. We'll save the whole galaxy. Doing one CC. And now for some science. Sound can't travel in a vacuum, yet we can somehow <laughs> hear things go kaboom. Note to NASA, build us ships, give them names. Like Rhinex, Exceliza, and stay up those engines into dimensions with kick ass weapons. We're gonna fly to success! We're nothing but the best! Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the voice of a man who's gonna save the galaxy. <laughs> Okay, so a couple things I want to <laughs> note. <laughs> I want to note about <laughs> Shy Guy's awesome artistic uh, innovations. Mm -hmm. He's got two people in this song, which I thought was oh. really interesting. You know, I just wrote words, and he envisioned it as two characters. I'm presuming because in Thunder Force 3, in the story, there are two people piloting the ship. And he mentions their names in the beginning, so it's like... The two people getting the ship being like, are you ready, Gene? I'm ready, Shelly. Here we go. Which I thought was really clever. Oh, but it's... I had... Okay. It's all him singing both both mm -hmm. parts, though. Okay, I got it. Right. And the other thing, that intro is so funny. I had written a very short piece of intro because I just felt like an intro needed to be there. And somehow he expanded this into something that fit perfectly. He just jammed it all in there. And that part at the end about, you know... The, the two circling ships that have exactly the same weapons as you do. That's so funny. Because why is that? Why do they always have the same weapons that you do? So, I, yeah. I love this so <laughs> much. It's so great. Oh, man. You know what we need now? Is we need one of our band connections to make a really rocking cover of this. And then get Shy Guy to sing over that. Oh, that would be cool, dude. How cool would that be? Soup cool. Yeah. So, Shy Guy, thanks for lending your voice and your energy to hey, he your first VGM uh, K. This is his first karaoke. Came That's out incredible. Lasers blazing. He has very good pitch, first of all. Mm -hmm. He has a great passion on this track. I hope you had fun doing it. I think it's actually kind of like a like a call to anybody who's ever wanted to do. I think you can kind of tell that he's having fun doing it. First of all, yes. you know, I feel yes. like the joy is effervescent. If anybody's ever wondered if they should do BGM karaoke, just listen to the joy in Shy Guy's <laughs> voice right now. It could be you. It could, yep. You know. Um, we always love to hear VGM karaoke's. I know other shows want to hear you too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Legacy Music Hour also appreciates their VGM karaoke. Um, that'd be funny if we both played the same track or something like that. The same VGM karaoke. The same karaoke. karaoke. But, yeah, send us one. I, uh, <clears throat> I could almost see myself liking turning into a karaoke mill. Because I do just write a lot of lyrics to the songs, but I, I don't necessarily record them all. Yeah. So, you know, that's a call to all the the aspiring VGM Kers out there. 
you want a song, <laughs> I can give it to you. If you want to request the song but put words to it, I might be able to do that as well. Oh, now yeah. that I've said that, that might be a lot of work, but I would like to try. I like the challenge of it, so maybe that's another, um, another, what's the word I'm looking for? It's another effort of our brand. VGMJB for... 4K? B? For bands. Oh, for, for karaoke. Yeah. For musicians. For M. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Oh, so, man, so, thanks, good. Shy Guy. Thank you for um, volunteering to do that, even though the original call had gone out so long ago. That's a dream come true for me, that someone actually took me up on that, because I thought that was just gonna, you know, slink off and disappear, so... Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. And since a dream is really just unrelated parts of your brain connecting, it's almost mm -hmm. like a real-life dream is like un... Like a person you've never seen connecting to an idea that's you, that you once had and that playing out in real life or like playing yeah. out in front of you. Yeah, man. It's like a literal dream. Yeah. In some weird way. Whoa. Shy Guy, thank you so much for making Keyglyph's dreams come true <laughs> and uh, my day. You made my day. Yeah. <laughs> And what I'm saying. Well, let's thank all the other patrons who help make our dreams come true. Especially this week's recommenders The Dyad, JT, Megamat, Nathan, and Sure You Kenny. And to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions, keep them coming. Go to our website, thevgmjukebox.com, and click the Suggest a Track button. Or go to submit.thevgmjukebox.com to send your recommendation our way. Send us an email at thevgmjukebox at gmail.com or you can send us real human mail at the VGM Jukebox P.O. Box 26959, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Real human mail. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at VGMJB and if you want to follow us as individual disconnected parts of your brain, you can find Josh at Josh Adachi again, and you can find me at Keyglyph. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher, and please remember to rate and review us at the iTunes store. We have two new ratings. Oh, or, boy. Or maybe one. I'm not I'm not really sure. I might have already thanked Lurpy, but if I did, I forgot. So thanks again, Lurpy. Have a gold coin. And our Black Jack. This is, this is review number 21. Thank you so much. Daft Punk is the best <laughs> for that rating. You got us blackjack, and now we took the house. Mm-hmm. Join the group on Facebook at facebook.com slash the VGM Jukebox. And be sure to check the bulletin board at the end of the show to see what music and video game and podcast-related projects your fellow patrons are up to. If you yourself have such a project and you would like to advertise a flyer up here on the community cork board, let us know. Just send us an email and we'll get something uh, get something put together for you. I just want to note that at the end of this podcast, I've been laughing so much that my nose actually cleared up a little bit. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So I can, I can actually breathe. So patrons, you're also healing me. 
<laughs> yeah. And I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say before we we sign out? Um, well, you know, I was I was thinking that uh, most cinematics suck, but I was I was looking at this uh, trailer for uh, this movie called Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. It looks pretty cool. I think it's something about like uh, let's see a a an, a thing and a mm -hmm. master of locking. Do you think it's gonna mm -hmm. be good? Um, I you know I don't know. That might be a little scary for me. Oh okay, yeah. Um, but I'm are we getting this on demand? Because I'm kind of thinking that I should def stay inside for the rest of the night. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't think that butter on your popcorn is going to make you feel any better. Um, <laughs> I'll go see if I can uh, red box it or something. Oh, yeah, like or go to the library or something. Yeah, we can give it a try. All right, cool. Just have to, you know, just have to cover my eyes a lot, probably. All right. All right. Patrons, as you all know by now, you mean so much to us. And you always will. fellow patrons, the Dyad here. Do you like video game music? Of course you do. This is a VGM podcast. Would you like to hear more video game music? Would you like facts and anecdotes peppered in between tracks? If so, why not give the Dyad Presents a VGM podcast a try? The show is on iTunes and there's a convenient subscription link on the blog. Check out thediadpresents.blogspot.com that's D-I-A-D. Remember, every hour spent without video game music is an hour wasted. You ready, Gene? I'm ready, Shelly. This one goes out to anyone who's ever had to save humanity from a deranged robot AI living inside an enormous biocomputer using nothing but a small but maneuverable fighter craft. Loaded for bear with twin lasers, rockets, shields, and two revolving drones that have exactly the same weapons that you do. Blasting off, we're flying through outer space, blowing stuff up, dodging rocket blasts to the base. This is how we'll save the whole human race. Here we go, through water, fire, and snow. Check it out, we found the enemy base. Lucky they left shields all over the place. Watch us now, we'll save the whole galaxy. Doing one CC. And now for some science, sound can't travel. Somehow, here things go kaboom! Note to NASA, build us ships, give them names like Rhinex, Exceliza, and stay up those engines in two dimensions! We're kick-ass weapons, we're gonna fly to success!
Nothing but the best.